open your cerebral cortex and shift your lobes into upper beta phase because you are going to have Bitcoin knowledge transmitted directly into your vestibulocochlear. Your host of Bitcoin Knowledge is Trace Mayer, an early Bitcoin advocate since it cost a quarter, but this is not intended to be investment advice. A doctor of jurisprudence, but this is definitely not legal advice. And an investor in core cryptocurrency infrastructure, including Armory, BitPay, Kraken, and Mitagio, but this is not a recommendation of those services. Here, you get fed via direct mind download with pure and free Bitcoin knowledge. Okay, welcome back. We have a tremendous interview with Ed Lowe, CEO and founder of ANX, one of the largest exchanges out of Hong Kong. Welcome to the podcast, Ed. Oh, thanks, thanks, Jesus. So, you know, here we are at the Pierre Hotel, a famous landmark in New York City. What's your journey here? How did you get started in all this Bitcoin stuff? What brought you into all of this? So I started getting introduced to Bitcoin probably about 2010. At that time, you know, I've always been a technophile. I just wanted to, you know, always be in the, the forefront of technology. I saw this thing called Bitcoins. At the time, I tried to buy in and uh, it was very difficult. And then by the time I actually tried to make a decision, uh, the, I made a decision on Trade Hill. Trade Hill got hacked. I was like, wow, this stuff's dangerous. So I didn't think too much of it. Then fast forward to 2013, get a phone call from my brother. Say, hey man, you gotta get, get it on this. This thing called Bitcoins is just really taking off. That's right after the Cypress, uh, uh, incident. Took a look at it and you know, I was like, wow, okay, started buying into it, started trading it, started arbing it. At that time, you know, the arb opportunities was about 20 to 40% and it was really easy money. And uh, I started trading it and trading it and then I realized, you know what? The, the slowest part of the whole chain was always the, the money. Bitcoin moves quickly, it can move, you know, from, different countries and it's very convenient and I really like that. I really like that part of that technology and I was thinking, you know what, I, I really started believing in it and I think we need to get this to the masses. We need to get this to the people. And I thought, well, you know, originally my first thinking was actually diversion solutions, taking Bitcoins, you know, as an alternative to, to credit cards. But the problem was if you don't have Bitcoins, we can't even talk about anything else. So unfortunately, we did have to do the, the exchange first to provide easy access. And this is how we got started. So I, I started with the, you know, a couple of contractors, starting with the uh, uh, building exchange. Uh, that was going okay. Then uh, I sold some Bitcoins uh, from local Bitcoins to our future CTO. And, uh, you know, he told me he's a technical guy. I'm a marketing guy. Said we've got a good partnership. So our CTO is at Hugh Madden. He brought on board Dave Chapman. He was his uh, colleague at HSBC. And then we started a company in July 2013 where we opened the doors. And that was our first start. Man, that's that's awesome. You know, I've spent most of my time in attention on the U.S. market. Uh, been over to Europe quite a few times. Know a lot of the players there. Also, South America. But when it comes to Asia, pretty much the only substantive work I've done, Bitcoin related, was helping edit a memo that we sent to Moss, the Singaporean Central Bank, where we got the tax guidance back. But what I learned while I was over there, it seems that Singapore... It's very easy to get a money exchange business license, a money transmission business license. Uh, it also seems kind of that way in Hong Kong where you're based out of. Maybe you can speak a little bit to that. You said, well, we just started our business in you know, 2013. Like, What was the process like in Asia of actually starting that business? 
So when we started our business in 2013, it wasn't exactly like there was a lot of regulation and things that you could get. But uh, however, from my compliance background, I thought that, you know, Bitcoins and trying to preempt the whole money transmission thing, we actually just got our money service operator's license just for the sake of it. We actually emailed, in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, so we actually emailed uh, HKMA, which is the uh, the monetary authority there. Do we need a license? Do we need a banking license? They responded, you know, you need to find your own way and, and talk to your lawyers. Uh, we we emailed the uh, customs and excise department. Says, do we need a money transmission license? They said, you know what, talk to your lawyers. And then we just made a decision. Let's just get it. Can't harm it. It's another part of the business. So we went through that process. It's not as easy as you would think, but uh, I mean, it's, it is uh, more clear cut than the US. So we got that uh, after like three months. So we got that license and like I said, open the doors for business. Yeah, I know in Singapore, it's something like you put down a $100,000 bond and you're in business. $10,000 bond for the other license. And uh, Bitcoin, it seems like you'd need those two licenses in Singapore, but they're very easy to get. And as most people know, so much money goes through both Singapore and Hong Kong, right? Is that one of the reasons you chose Hong Kong to be uh, the center of your business? Uh, so the unsexy part of the story is because we were already in Hong Kong, so we just started the business. <laughs> so I mean, it was <laughs> by default. For, by default, so I mean, it was no regulation or favorable uh, environment, and we just, like I said, we lived there. And we, you know, Hong Kong is a really great place. It's a financial capital of, uh, of of Asia, but I actually think it's the financial capital of the world. I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that's up for discussion. But uh, yeah, definitely. We started because of the location, but it's, it's a very good place because of all the money uh, flowing because of the closest to China and also the all the Asian capital that's available. Have they been trying to scare you off? You know, they're coming up with a bit license where they're trying to make you duplicate a whole bunch of other compliance work that you're doing. Are they threatening to arrest people over there? Like, uh, you know, they've been arresting Charlie Shrem, convicted, he pled guilty of uh, violating an unlicensed money transmission statute in the U.S. Are you really kind of seeing that draconian approach over there in Asia, or are they kind of letting you uh, do your thing and make money and pay taxes? So one of the things that we, we did, I think, really well was, was first thing was get the money transmitted license. So that, for sure... Which was fairly easy to fairly do. Easy, for, more easily than the U.S., and and that already preempted a lot of the, the issues right away. So right away, we've got the money service operator's license. We've implemented KYC and AML right from the get-go. And, you know, from my, my compliance background, I know these are the sensitivities that the governments are looking for. These are what the regulators are looking for. They just don't want money laundering. They don't want people that are running businesses that look shady. So yeah, we keep, keep customer funds safe and keep crime out. Exactly. And what, what, is, what is your compliance background? Uh, so I used to work at uh, British Telecom. Uh, you know, I was running the regional compliance there, uh, also with the risk management. And you know, this is the, the whole reason for you have a compliance department is you don't want to keep the company safe, right? Making sure you're doing best practices, making sure you have a process in place that you know that you're you're checking, you know, things, especially like in in, in banking, in finance. It's all about do you know your customer? Do you know his business? Do you know where the source of funds are? Do you know whether or not, you know, this is a safe business? And these are really key points that everyone must adhere to, even though you might not be in the finance business, but it actually touches all aspects of, of every business that you talk What exactly is Annex doing? You're obviously an exchange, but you got this really cool union pay card. Uh, like, what exactly is the business model? What services do you offer? Are they targeted only at retail, or do you have kind of a broader... Uh, enterprise level scope. 
Can okay. you speak a little bit to that? Yeah. So ANX, you know, we started off as a Bitcoin exchange and really we want to get uh, access to the masses. Uh, we've actually uh, been adding services and products on top of that. So today, uh, you know, like I said, we're most known for the Bitcoin exchange part of it uh, as a trusted exchange, as a place that, you know, people can go and buy and sell Bitcoins. Uh, one other part of the business that we don't know as, as much is the, our block trading part of that. So if you wanted to buy like large volumes of Bitcoins, you need to sell large volumes of Bitcoins. We've got a large open dealer network that we work with and a large partner network that, you know, we can sell for, you know, very good pricing or buy for very good pricing. The other part that you know we've been uh, really well marketed is their debit cards. People don't know how to use debit cards today. They've got credit cards. They've got uh, you know the bank cards. But how does debit cards play into it? And and this is really one area that you know uh, that we're really moving forward with is as a global company, you need to have uh, payment payout solutions in say multiple countries. Dealing with multiple banks in multiple jurisdictions is a very big hassle. It's almost paralyzing the businesses for some of our customers. And this is where ANX comes in. We can sell a debit card solution for them, for all their customers, and you know, really, really pay out in, in all different places. So this is uh, one of the fastest growing part of our business. And then the last part is uh, because we've run a, a successful business for you know a year and a half now, we, we have a really good white label solution to help other Bitcoin-like companies, altcoin companies that want to come on board, want to create their own cryptocurrency. Now they need the security, operations, support, infrastructure, and ANX wants to be there. We want to be your trusted partner, we want to be your Amazon Web Services, AWS, so that you just have to focus on creating your business, but all the back-end operation stuff, ANX can handle that. Man, this is actually really exciting because then we can see a lot more competition. Kraken's one of my little babies in this space, but I actually really like it when we have more competition. It makes everybody stronger. It improves everybody's skills. It makes everybody a more formidable competitor. And at the end of the day, we got giant monopoly interests of banks and credit cards and all of these other areas that need to be massively disrupted by this fintech area, particularly cryptocurrencies. And you're leading the charge in a lot of this area. So one of the things that we talked about earlier is like, you know what, I don't even look at Kraken as a competitor. I mean, if Kraken do a better job and get to more of the population and get more exposure, I'd totally welcome that. And I mean, if that even means that ANX has to step aside as an exchange, I'm all for that. You know what? We're, we're looking for the greater good. And, you know, it doesn't mean ANS is going to go to business. ANS has got a lot of other businesses that can work on, right? I mean, we don't need, you know, three people doing the same thing. I, I look at it as complementary. And right now it's really about, you know, getting the Bitcoin access to the masses. This is really the, the key focus. So is this just kind of a way that Asians look at the world? Uh, in terms of like the entrepreneurship, I mean, maybe you could speak a little bit to that. Uh, uh, you, you just kind of have a different way of doing business and looking at it than the Westerners. Yeah, I mean, my background is actually so I'm actually uh, born and raised in Canada, and I've only just lived in Hong Kong for the last seven years. There's no point in fighting within the industry. I mean, if you if you fight within the industry and the industry dies. I mean, we're both poor. We're both going to be out of business, right? I mean, wouldn't you rather focus on constructive and synergies and, and, and creating that? And that's really what I see. I mean, it's, it's complementary. And we're not at the point where we're a very mature industry where, you know, it's every customer I get, you're losing, right? We're still a growing market. And, uh, you know, maybe, who knows, maybe 10 years from now, we'll be in a different conversation. But right now, as I see it, let's see how we can work together and, and really push this industry forward. You know, I, I think that's a great way to look at it, uh, you know, another company I'm invested in is Armory, uh, but I interviewed Will O'Brien, the CEO of BitGo, 
and he had the exact same type of viewpoint. You know, we all need to help each other. And in that sense, like, I totally agree. Like, we actually get to benefit off of all the work that everybody else does merely by holding the Bitcoins themselves because that's kind of like an ETF on the whole space. Exactly, exactly. So like I said, these, these synergies, whatever we can create today, you know, to help move this forward is, is, is a bit for the industry as a whole. Uh, you know, sometimes I wish we could work together more closely with all the companies. But, you know, the good thing about Bitcoin is, you know, it's decentralized and it's truly a global operation. And, you know, that's, that's a good and bad thing, right? I mean, that means everyone's spread all over the world. And it's really hard to just get together for a beer and whatever. But today I'm in New York and I mean, I just ran into yeah. you. And, right. you know, people come to Hong Kong all the time. And it's just slowly but surely, you know, we know a lot of people in the industry They're and we're just trying to create this synergy. What's the craziest story? that you got from being in, in this Bitcoin land? Craziest story. I don't have any crazy stories to, to think, but I mean... Never lost any Bitcoins, never had them taken, uh, like never never, uh, uh, never hung around Michael Turpin or Roger Ver or Voorhees. Yeah. <laughs> you bound to have some crazy stories if you're around them. So, 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 so Roger Ver is a good friend. I mean, uh, you know, uh, touch wood. I mean, Anex is... Uh, has, hasn't been, uh, hasn't been uh, hacked. I mean, obviously we've had a lot of attempts and, you know, even with the, uh, Bitcoin area in the, in the protocol where they had the, uh, transaction, transaction malleability, a lot of exchanges had to be shut down. I mean, Anex was one of the only ones. I think Kraken was the other one that stayed up and running is, it's because, you know, you have a really solid team. I uh, mean, you know, we have a really solid team, uh, backing this. We take security very, uh, uh seriously and, you know, we, we compartmentalize, you know, our risk exposure. You know, that's what I do best. Chop up your risks into, into small little pieces and, you know, really just taking security as, as a very serious thing. Yeah, I, I remember uh, Kraken sent out a tweet, uh, Kraken halts nothing because planning. <laughs> and, you know, Bitstamp went down that day. Uh, a bunch of the other major exchanges, they all halted. But that transaction mailability, it was in the spec. So people don't really know who's not in good shape until the tide goes out. Exactly. And, you know, the tide went out and... Anx is right there. They didn't halt anything because of planning too. You know, it's exactly. kind of fun. No, no, no. It's, it's it's really about planning. And, and like you said, you know, you have system. And you rely a lot on the system and automation, right? But then you always have to put the you know the manual part, the four eyes, the 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 the, the second the second set of, uh, of 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 authorizations on it. And this is what keeps the checks and balances. You know, you never know what the bugs are, and so you need a little bit of both, right? And, and this is really important for any type of system. And I mean, I've done you know systems integration for for many years from SAP, Siebel, you know, all these large enterprise type of software. And you know, it's, it's the best of both worlds. I mean, there's no perfect solution. So we're kind of maybe on the verge of another bull market right now. We're actually doing the interview uh, first part of March. What are you most optimistic about here in 2015? Uh, 2015. So one thing I, re- I really like. So I mean, people are kind of down on the Bitcoin pricing. You know, this, this aren't going to reach you know, a thousand bucks, and you know, the people aren't going to get rich that easily. Uh, one one thing I'm really optimistic about is you know the the VCs, the the industry, the the entrepreneurs are continuously working towards uh, building something better. And you know, this is a continuous thing. I mean. Uh, uh, I just came to New York, you know, like I met you, I met Matt, you know, I went to the Bitcoin Center and the vibes, you know, this is very good. And, you know, last night we were out uh, in a pub, you know, a 50-year-old uh, bouncer says he knows Bitcoins, he believes in it. And it's like, wow, I mean, how good is that? I mean, a very general public, you know, and then, you know, two years ago, there was a lot, a lot of negative media. And people are hearing you know, all these bad things about it. But, you know, that's changed. I mean, they're tired of that. We've moved on and we've seen that, you know what, 
there's a lot of benefits, there's a lot of good things about it. And, you know, 2015, people are just really waiting on the industry now to catch up and, and provide the tools and the services to allow them to really take part in this, this industry. You know, it's been wonderful. An, a true executor actually getting stuff done in the industry instead of just like blabbing his lips and flapping him about stuff. Uh, you know, thanks so much for being a great competitor to Kraken, getting a lot of services done, really building out the Asian market. Uh, we've had Ed Lowe, CEO and founder of the ANX Exchange. Uh, thanks for being with us. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Be sure to get a copy of the free Bitcoin guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share Bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise, spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate.